from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It does seem like uh, there was there was much more drama around the approval process in the NFL for new owners than there was in the NBA. But uh, just a couple of days after the NF- NFL league meeting approved the new owners for the Commanders, the NBA's Board of Governors approved the sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin, clearing the way to end Michael Jordan's 13-year run as majority owner, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on Sunday. Michael Jordan is selling the Charlotte Hornets, and it's official. And it is fair to say that Michael Jordan was not a good owner. Right, it's fair to say. Like, like sometimes I think because of the 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 wars and the war of words and the war of posts and the war of uh, like two minute videos of highlights on uh, social media and, and the war where the weapons are mostly people with with no profile picture and seventeen numbers at the end of their their name on Twitter uh, or X, whatever they've renamed Twitter as of today. Um, Michael Jordan doesn't need to be defended in absolutely everything he does to still be considered the GOAT basketball player, right? Sometimes I think because Michael Jordan was such a good basketball player and he made some really, really good business decisions when it comes to Nike and a few other things that, uh, that, that you can't say he's not great, not the best at anything, and the world comes crumbling down, right? It's like if you said uh, Michael Jordan uh, uh, wasn't great on the grill, right? He, he toughens up his stakes a little too much. The world would come at you like, oh, yeah? Well, LeBron is never grilled. And I'm going like, whoa, 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 whoa. Have you seen his seafood? The guy can, can you know, use indirect heat on some salmon like nobody's business. Well, have LeBron do that. And I'm going like, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with with his ability as a basketball player. I will, and it's partially because of, uh, you know, the era I grew up in, uh, the people whose opinions I trust, and the fact that I, I, you know, some of my earliest sports memories are watching Michael Jordan play basketball. I will forever hold Michael Jordan as the GOAT. I can also logically say, not a good owner. Not a good owner. During, I mean, you've heard the stats during his 13 years as an NBA owner. We're talking never won a playoff series, never finished higher than sixth in the East, fifth worst winning percentage in the entire NBA, and kind of the whole goal of being an owner in the NBA is to win. However, I'm going to flip this around. We're, we're, we're just going to get on like a, like a, a uh, not a Ferris wheel, a carousel, right? We're just going to keep turning this conversation around, right? So still the goat in basketball. Turn it around, not a good owner, right? And, and we can talk about all of the the ways that both of those are true. Uh, matter of fact, they're some of the more co- fun conversations to have. That's why so many darn people like arguing about MJ versus LeBron because it's kind of fun. You can argue about whether Michael Jordan was a good and bad owner. It's kind of fun. I think it's pretty obvious he was not a good owner, which is why we're bringing it up on on you know this this kind of day where it becomes official. But also, it's unfair to say nothing good happened. 
right? Just because they didn't win a playoff series, it's it's unfair to say nothing good happened. We're about to see this with the Commanders, by the way. And uh, let me go ahead and bring this up. The uh, Bet Online, okay, put out odds uh, of of what the Commander's name will be next year. And the overwhelming favorite is that it will be a different name, okay? So it's uh, minus 400 that <laughs> that the Commanders won't be the Commanders next year, it, which is, is significant. The names listed as the favorites. The Spartans are the betting favorite. The football team or football club is the second betting favorite. The Red Hogs is the third betting favorite. The Magic or the Magicians is the fourth betting favorite. The Armada, the Presidents, the Ambassadors, the Brigade. I don't even know how they would do this. The DCs. So they would be the Washington DCs. That seems confusing to say the very least. Uh, the Defenders, the Red Tails, the Senators, all of these names are in the mix. We are about to see how hard it is to choose a new name for a beloved franchise. Michael Jordan made the perfect name change. I've never seen someone stick the landing on a, on a name change better than when they went from the Bobcats back to the Hornets. Because, A, the Hornets are the Hornets. Even yeah. when they were the Bobcats, they were the Hornets. Even when the Hornets were in New Orleans, Charlotte was the Hornets. And Michael Jordan was smart enough to recognize that and say, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. Right? The the Bobcats were only the Bobcats. And I don't know if this or this reasoning is 100% true, but it's definitely internet lore. Uh, Bob Johnson was the previous owner, and he wanted the Bobcats because his first name was Bob. Michael Jordan could have done something that vain, right? He could have done the Charlotte uh, Airwalkers. He could have done the 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 Charlotte and I don't Jumpmen. He could have done anything. Charlotte Flight. Exactly. Yeah, first there you flight. go. There you go. Actually, would have he could have pretended like he was saying it because of Orville and Wilbur and First in Flight and all that. But also could have branded it for Air Jordan. But exactly, he would have been doing it because it's it's Air Jordan and Flight is you and know, his jet, his his silhouette and everything else. But instead, he recognized that the Hornets' first game was in 1988, and they were named the Charlotte Hornets. Right? He knew some of the players, right? Larry Johnson was in, uh, was in Space Jam, right? He was a Hornet. Kendall Gill, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Glenn Rice, Muggsy Bogues, Del Curry. Huh? Right? With those videos of Del Curry shooting around and little Stephs in the background, those were Hornets' videos. Not to mention more recent stars. Uh, not to mention guys like Baron Davis that became like cult heroes. They didn't play for the Bobcats. Michael Jordan recognized that and he said, boom, let's go back. Genius move. Genius move. Okay? So that's actually one of the harder things you can do as an owner. To, to make a name change and have everybody just go, yep, I agree, good one, and move forward. In an era where when any name is changed or any new team is picked, there's like a mandatory five-year, we hate that idea. That didn't happen. He also objectively made a boatload of money. Right, The, the whole Michael Jordan, the businessman thing, took a very, very big step up with, with his ownership of the Hornets. He bought his controlling interest for $180 million and will bring back more than $2 billion in profit from the sale. 
That's what we call return on investment. For all of the cool stuff he did with Nike, and it, I mean, they literally just put out a movie on how bananas uh, intelligent his decision-making and his parents' decision-making, specifically his mother's decision-making, when, when negotiating a shoe deal. They made a whole movie about how smart that business deal was. Uh, I think it's an Amazon Prime movie. You can go check it out. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck star. For all of the cool, and he's bringing in, uh, you know, what is it, 10 figures? Seven, eight, nine figures a year, something like that, in Nike money. He's made more money from owning the Hornets than he did from his Nike deal, which is crazy to think of. So he's now made two separate deals that have made him at least a billion dollars. Pretty good. I mean, if you get one of those in your life, you're like the richest person anyone in your life's ever met. He's done it twice. So, yes. It's not all bad. It's not all dumb for Michael Jordan now that the, the NBA's Board of Governors have approved the sale and he is officially, if not already, it's, it's inevitably happening very, very shortly, not the owner of the Hornets. He's, I believe, can, still keeping a minority stake in the Hornets, but he's not the majority owner, which is the one that really matters. It wasn't all bad. He was a bad owner, but it wasn't all bad. Kemba Walker was a nice draft pick. He's now playing overseas, AC Monaco. We talked about it on Friday. There's a couple nice pieces mixed in there, but there's a lot of Frank Kamitskis. There's a lot of Michael Kidd Gilchrists mixed in there. There's a lot of things that didn't go well, and that's what led to the losing. Michael Jordan, go basketball player. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to criticize him for other public-facing things that he's done. I I live kind of, uh, for the most part, by the the belief that someone's private life should remain private right so whatever you know he's got going on in relationships and stuff i try not to to dabble too far into that but when you're the owner of an entertainment company which is what professional sports teams are that criticism is fair game never won a playoff series never if you want to make jokes about that feel free you want to make jokes about things like as a player or owner, he never won a playoff series without Scottie Pippen. Make those jokes feel free. I also kind of wish he would have taken one year, uh, right? If he's going to sell just one year and been like, uh, you know, our, our vice president of basketball operations is going to be Scottie Pippen. And then if they won the championship the next year, I'd go, all right, it is Scottie. Maybe it's been Scottie all along. That finally sells as the bait. I didn't see. I don't think it does. But Honestly, it, it doesn't. Oh, if that happened, if that happened, it would. Yes, if that happened, it would. Absolutely. If that happened, it definitely Not would. Not only is he the better basketball player, but look, the better owner as well. He, he just, it's, it's, no, to me, to me, what that would prove is, um, like, I, to use a modern basketball example, I, I say that Draymond Green is like, a, uh, even at his best, I never thought he was like a top 30 player in the league. Okay. But I do think he is some kind of multiplier for Stephen Clay. Yeah. Like Steph is, is, you know, a top 10 player in the league, but when him and Dre are, are vibing, he's the best player in the league. So you need to pay, pay Draymond, whatever you need to, to get that otherworldly Steph level up. Uh, and the same with clay, right? Like clay is in the conversation among the best two guards. But when Dre is like unlocking whatever top level clay Thompson has, then he's like, Oh, he might be one of the best, like literally one of the best two guards in the league. Uh, to me, that would solidify Scottie Pippen as like that for MJ. Like MJ is the best player in the league, but with Scottie Pippen, he's the best player to ever live. 
he's a good owner, he's a bad owner, but you put Scottie Pippen around, all of a sudden he's like, it just means he's, I don't want to say a good luck charm because that's disrespecting Scottie Pippen. It's just like they, they're, it's like a multiplier, like right? It's like, uh, uh, I'm trying to, it's like a cartoon where, right, the, you're good by yourself, but you put like your Dakota rings together and now one of you becomes super duper. It's like, a, it's, it's a helper thing. The Infinity Stones. There you go. I mean, I'm not the biggest Marvel. Neither, neither am I. I, don't, yeah, I so, said there you go really confidently as if I, I was like, absolutely. Dennis, That's a perfect analogy. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the movies, but there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, I'm sorry, what happened now? Yeah. Uh, and, and I can't keep up with all the television shows. It's just too much time commitment for someone with a two-year-old at home. My television is on cartoons. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care, to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Let's transition to a little uh, transfer talk, right? The transfer portal is kind of resoundly. You know what the transfer portal needs? A new publicist, right? That Someone has to ask this question. When the transfer portal comes up, why do people only think of players leaving? Because when players leave, that means they're going somewhere, especially if they're the, the, the best, right? Sometimes players hit the transfer portal and they realize there's no market for them and then they're put in a, a really, really tough spot. But when, when it comes to the big-time schools, and we have a couple of them within, you know, like a nine iron of where we're sitting, right? When you're in the triangle, you have the, the biggest and baddest college basketball teams you know, right at your fingertips. Someone needs to get a, a publicist, a PR campaign for the portal because it's not all bad. I feel like if you bring the transfer portal up to Carolina fans, you're just going to hear about uh, Caleb Love over and over and over again. And what you might not recognize is that Harrison Ingram is coming in. What you might not recognize is Cormac Ryan is coming in. The ESPN put out a list of the top 100 transfers this year. Top 100, which I know will make some of you recoil just off of hearing it because you're like, wait a second, top 100? There's thousands in there, all right? So top 100 is actually pretty uh, pretty selective. And I thought it was interesting where some of these players were going. Two players, we'll talk about them on their way to state. Two players, we'll talk about them on their way to Carolina. One player in the top 100 going to Wake. None of them going to Duke. We can learn a little bit about what these these programs prioritized in the portal and the opportunities that are perceived to be there for guys out of the portal by who they brought in. And by the way, you don't get worse inherently by bringing in transfer portals. A lot of times you get in, you get better 
by bringing in transfer portals. Now, or transfer portal players. You're not bringing in portals. Transfers are different than high school recruits. Let's get that out of the way. Because they come with expectations, and I'm talking about both sides. There are certain high school recruits that you bring in with the hope that you will develop them into something better prior to your time depending on them. That's not what happens with transfers. You usually don't transfer with the hope of being developed by the new team. You transfer as a player with the expectation that you're going to play. And usually that's part of the conversation. And from the flip side, teams aren't bringing in transfers with the hopes that they'll be ready to go like three years from now. If they're hoping for that, they might as well just go for a high school recruit. They are filling holes in their roster for the upcoming season. There might be a player that they hope still develops. Don't get me wrong, right? They're not, you're not shopping in the transfer portal only for players that are hundred percent polished, but they better bring something that you need right now. So let's look at, at the, the teams I mentioned, uh, state their haul out of the top 100 transfers includes number 58 MJ, MJ rice and number 100 Jaden Taylor. This is uh, and they brought in significant, like significant amount of other players also, but we're just looking at the top 100 right now. Uh, this to me is a solid contributor and a home run swing. That's how I'm describing it. Jaden Taylor is a six, four shooting guard, sophomore from Butler. He is a solid contributor. He averaged 13 points per game last year, and he significantly upped his three point shooting from the previous year. That's just like, okay, we need a perimeter player. We need good spacing. We need someone who's comfortable playing minutes. Let's go get Jaden Taylor. Yeah. MJ Rice, that's the lottery ticket that that might be worth, you know, the whatever that it just went for, over a billion, right? One of the Mega Millions or Powerball over the weekend. Uh, he's a McDonald's All-American, formerly, from the 2022 class. So he's coming in with four years eligibility, and he's a powerful scorer from his high school days didn't really carve out a role, didn't really find much playing time at all at Kansas last year. So so, so I believe it was Kansas. Let me double check. Yep, Kansas. Making his way to state. Now, he might be a program changer, right? He's a guy that was on NBA uh, watch lists after being uh, one of the better high school players in the country. He's coming to NC State with a little bit of a, of a big swing, right? He might be a player that could develop into something special. And that also says what NC State's looking for in the portal. We talked about it with uh, Coach Keats last week, right? They're, bring, they're replenishing a lot. They had, uh, you know, they were they were bringing in like, hey, we it's not we have two holes very specific. They're like, let's bring in everybody and see where they fit. I feel like it's fair to say that even though Kevin Keats sometimes gets a bad rep as far as not having the best winning seasons during his mm -hmm. tenure at NC State, some of the transfers that he brings in, they're pretty they're pretty good. And what's even worse is that they're so good is that and recruits too don't even go to play they don't even get to play college. They want to just go straight to the league because they have that ability to be that good. Starting last year especially, it feels like they upped the volume, right? They were going with let's take a couple transfers and now they're like, no, if there's somebody out there that could be a contributor, we're bringing them in. Carolina's Hall from the top 100 transfers. Number 63, Cormac Ryan, and number 33 on the list, Harrison Ingram. Ryan, to me, this is a guy that's been looking to uh, 
looking to level up. He started at Notre Dame, then went to Stanford, did a year at Stanford. Now he's bounced over to to Carolina. Started 70 games at Notre Dame, by the way. So this is experience. He is a shooter. One of, one of my uh, favorite things, and you'll get to know this about me, still just the second week of the drive with Tim Donnelly, is uh, the better the shooter is, the more the more syllables you put in there. Shooters. They can knock him down. And and that's kind of, you're getting to Cormac McCarthy, you're going to start getting some, some oohs, right? Shooter. Like he's a shooter. North Carolina last year, dead last in the ACC in three-point shooting. This is a guy brought in to fill a role. Spot up, we'll get you open. We have Carolina-level athletes. We have Armando Baycott. We have R.J. Davis. We have these other guys. You shoot. That's what we need from you. Harrison Ingram is similar to what we just saw from uh, what we just talked about with M.J. Rice. Former five-star prospect, McDonald's All-American, uh, perimeter player that can, that can do a lot of different things. A lot of different things. And leaving Stanford, or sorry, uh, yes, leaving Stanford. There we go. Finally, none for Duke in the top 100. None for Duke in the top 100. The reason why I think that's interesting is they're returning a lot. They're bringing in some some blue chip freshmen. I think the transfer market, I'm not saying they weren't active because Duke can get better from where they were a season ago. I think the transfer market looked at Duke and said, I don't know if there's enough shots to go around. You're bringing in those blue chippers. You're bringing back Filipowski. You're bringing back Proctor. You're bringing back uh, a few others young. I don't know if there's a spot for me. So that might that might be like a little canary in the mind on good things for Duke. We'll see how it goes. And then finally, just to, to give him some love also, Hunter Salas, uh, 6'5-inch sophomore shooting guard, goes from Gonzaga to Wake Forest. Wake also getting in the mix. Uh, he's he's another good player. He's another good player. And it seems like Gonzaga is very active in the transfer market, both coming and going. Uh, but you know that they're one of the the hotter teams nationally over the last few seasons. So, you know, you, you like bringing in guys to your culture from good cultures. And, and Gonzaga had a lot to, to play for these last few years. Tim, my question for you, since I'm producing, I want to get involved a little bit in this Love discussion. It. Which team do you think is going to benefit the most this season from the transfer portal, between the teams that you just listed, state, I, I agree. State. After after losing to Quavion Smith and Jarek Hill Joiner, mm-hmm. you have to find ways to replace those guys. And and a lot of the guys who they're going to be learning from the R.J. Burns, they're transfer portal guys too. Yeah. So it's it's almost like uh, they're going to be very helpful in that 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 transition. It's going to be a good mixer. Exactly. Uh, so I, I think, and I also think state probably needs the most from the portal, right? They brought in the most guys. They, they did well for themselves, right? Two top one hundreds. They, they've, they've got roles to fill. I think they, they came in with the longest shopping list and did a pretty good job of fulfilling that shopping list. Uh, you know, North Carolina is going to rise and fall with, with Baycott and Davis kind of regardless yeah. of who they bring in and, and Duke didn't, isn't bringing them in. So it's, it's a little bit different there. Uh, and Wake Forest. I think they'll benefit also, although kind of middle of the pack when it comes to transfer contributions. But Gonzaga's Gonzaga's a good program to get for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 
12 to 2 p.m., please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com.